0: Amen. There's nothing like a move of God's spirit. It brings change and transformation. and Releases the power of the gospel into our lives. If you have your Bibles, I want you to look in 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at chapter 2, and then we're going to go back and look in chapter 1, 1 Corinthians. And uh, we're grateful to have Jeremiah with us, helping out tonight. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. And uh, uh, He pastors the uh, church, Startup Church. Where is it now? What's Westwood, Amen. So we're excited about what God is doing there and the doors that, he, that the Lord is opening. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says this, And I, brethren, this is, of course, the Apostle Paul speaking, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Notice Paul said, I decided I wasn't going to think about or consider or know anything among you except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it says, my my preaching and speech was not with enticing words, excellency of speech, wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you go uh, in reverse just a few verses, it says in verse 18, of chapter 1, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Not it has the power of God, but it is the power of God. The preaching of the cross to those that are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. And so just for a few moments tonight, I want to uh, speak to you, and then we'll just let the Lord do what He wants to do among us. Uh, But the title tonight is simply, Back to the Basics. Back to the Basics. What that means is returning to the simple things and the most important things. Another definition, when someone speaks of going back to the basics, you're suggesting that perhaps people have become too concerned with complicated details or new theories and that they should concentrate on the simple important ideas or activities and I want the Lord to bring us I want him to bring me I want him to bring you back to the basics if you're a believer here tonight I think it's important to be reminded about the basics If you're an unbeliever here tonight, or you're not filled with God's Spirit, or you haven't taken that step of faith uh, to, uh, to trust in the Lord, then I believe it's ever important for you to learn the basics, and so we're going back to the basics tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for your presence and your power and your anointing, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that we, as we gather here on this lot on Azusa Avenue, the corner of Colvina and Azusa, that your presence is here, Lord Jesus. You're meeting with us, Lord God. You see every sacrifice. You see the faithfulness and the commitment of your people, Lord. And Jesus, we are trusting, God, that your will is going to be done. In Jesus' name, have your way tonight. And everybody said amen. And God bless you, and you can be seated. So it's the time of year when football season is about to start and uh, with that in mind I'll begin with an illustration from football in 1959 the legendary perhaps most famous football coach of all time we know him now because of what he accomplished after this point but in 1959 Vince Lombardi was hired to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers and the Green Bay Packers Packers had been for years a losing franchise and he was tasked with turning around this franchise the Green Bay Packers and the legendary story goes that after a miserable loss where they played terribly the players gathered in the locker room in silence because they were waiting for coach Lombardi to show up and they anticipated that he was going to give them a verbal berating because of how poorly that they had performed. And after a few moments, Lombardi entered into the room and all he was holding, he was holding a football in his hands. And he stood in silence in front of the, the silent group of players searching for words. And the players, of course, braced themselves for the worst. But what Lombardi did is, is become famous is he simply lifted up the football And when he broke the silence, he made one of the most legendary quotes in NFL history. Just five words, and it was this. Gentlemen, this is a football. This is a football. To a group of professional football players, he said simply, gentlemen, this is a football and then he began to explain the boundaries of the football field, the goal line, and how putting the ball across the goal line would score them six points, things that all of them had heard since they were young. But those five legendary words, gentlemen, this is a football, marked Lombardi's legacy as a coach because what he was, uh, uh, what he was committing to do at that moment was to take his team Back to the basics, and he was going to demand that they become efficient in the fundamentals of the game, not fancy plays, not unique offense strategies, but back to the foundation fundamental basics of the game, and he would demand perfection in the fundamentals of the game and so after years of losing the the uh, um, uh, the Packers became a winning uh, uh, football team, and they won five championships uh, in seven years. They won the first Super Bowl and the second Super Bowl. And they never one time had a losing season under Coach Lombardi. He is regarded as, if not the, mo- the greatest, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And today, when they hand the Super Bowl trophy to the winner, it's called the Lombardi trophy because of the greatness that he embodied. And all of this happened because Lombardi took his struggling team back to the basics. And I believe today that many of us could learn from Coach Vince Lombardi that in your life, whether it's in your work life or in your family, But more specifically today as we focus in our walk with God that we need to get back to the basics and we need to refocus our attention on the fundamentals, the fundamentals of following Jesus. Every new Christian has to learn the fundamentals of how to follow Jesus. That's why God's put us here. That's why God left his word is to teach people the fundamentals of how to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus Christ. But I want to also talk to those of you who've been Christians for a while. Because when you've been a believer for a while, there is a tendency to drift away from the fundamentals of following Jesus. And we need to be reminded of the basics. We need to be reminded of the fundamentals because that's where the power is. That's where our source is. The understanding of the fundamentals is what's going to drive the church forward now here 's the deal. Uh, we observe in American Christian culture that the, the the latest trend is to create an attractional church, uh, a church that says we 're going to do everything we can to encourage you to visit our church they, they use marketing strategies to get people to come to the church because They say, well, we've got better music. We've got the best coffee in town. Our building is beautiful. We have the most intentional programming. Our pastor has a great personality. He's so funny, and he looks cool, and he dresses hip, and he wears skinny jeans, and all of this. But tonight, you're looking at the opposite of an attractional church. We're out underneath a tent uh, in 86-degree weather, and uh, like the spirit of the old Brush Arbor meeting. And with that, and and your pastor does not have on skinny jeans, and he doesn't look very cool, and he's not all that funny, although sometimes he thinks he is, uh, but we're coming back to the basics uh, and uh, the spirit uh, of the old Brush Arbor meetings uh, where they would gather together, And they would declare the gospel of Jesus Christ And there would be miracles of healing People would get delivered from addictions People would stumble out of the bar and hear the music And come stumbling into the uh, uh, outdoor meeting And God would get a hold of them And the power of the gospel would begin to deal with their hearts This is back to the basics of conversion Of people recognizing that they need a life change That they need to repent of their sins Amen so when you say the basics, I, I, uh, I use an app sometimes. It's called Hotel Tonight. And uh, you can get a, a, a hotel cheap if you're getting it at the last minute. And, uh, but it, it gives the different classifications of the hotel. One is a high roller. That's like those real fancy five-star hotels. Luxury. Uh, another classification is solid. Another one is charming. That means old. Another one is hip. And then there's the one called basic. And uh, that's the one I know that I'm not going to take my wife to uh, because we call her five-star Tammy. Amen. But, but what basic means is it means uh, the room's going to be clean. It's going to have a bed. It's going to have a bathroom. It's going to have the basic accommodations Of what you need to be taken care of For a night And today we're getting back to The basics because there's a lot of fluff And stuff that gets in the way Of the real power of the gospel That's why there's a lot of churches that have big crowds And uh, uh, um, Very professional offerings But there's no power for life change Because they've moved away From the basics And I believe, well, the Bible says in Psalm 11 and 3 If the foundation be destroyed What can the righteous Do that means there's a foundation that should underlay everything that we do, what we believe, and who we are. And if the foundation is forgotten or if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? And so, today, I want to borrow from Vince Lombardi. And in the spirit of Vince Lombardi, I just want to say tonight, gentlemen, this is the gospel, ladies, this is the gospel, this is what we're here for, this is the foundation of. what God has called us to be and what God has called us to do and how in the first place God called us anyway it's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and in the text we read tonight it emphasized the apostle Paul who was schooled in all of the greatest teachings of the day He understood both Jewish tradition and scripture. He understood the philosophies of the day. He was probably IQ-wise understanding a man of the world, understood things at a deeper level than the average person but he said I've made up my mind that I'm not going to come and try to impress you with what I know seven ways to have a better life, how to be a better husband how, uh, five ways to be a better uh, uh, um, uh, to, to uh, uh, improve your life. I'm not going to do that I'm not coming to you with wisdom or enticing words that would tickle your ears or be relevant to where you're living. I've come knowing nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified and I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm afraid that Christianity has moved away from the simplicity of the gospel and thought that maybe we could appeal to the crowds with enticing words of men's wisdom but Paul said uh uh-uh, not around here it's about the power of the gospel it's about Jesus Christ it's about the power of the cross and that's where the power for true life change is that's where the power for miracles is it's in the message of Jesus Christ and the cross. And so Paul says, I'm not going to go deep. I'm not going to speak mysteries. I'm not going to give you a prophetic word. I'm not going to amaze you with my power to convince people. And because in that time, uh, as you study Scripture, you understand that one of the greatest heresies that was impacting the New Testament church was Gnosticism. Gnosticism means secret knowledge. People are always sensationalized by a secret word or a new revelation or a new understanding. But the Apostle Paul said, nope, that's not what the church is about. The church is about a simple message that will transform and change the world. And that message is that Jesus died on the cross. And because Jesus died on the cross, you and I have hope of eternal life if we'll put all of our confidence in what Jesus did at the cross. And if we put our faith in that, amen. Amen. He said in, in Romans 1:16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It is not it has, but it is the power of God unto salvation. Everybody just say it right now. The power is in the gospel. First Corinthians 1:17. He says, the apostle Paul says. I came to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. If I think I can improve people with my philosophies and theories and teachings, then it crosses out what Jesus did on the cross. He says, if you want to go listen to somebody who's smart and can move a crowd and can try to convince people that if you obey these six steps, then your life is going to be improved, then you have canceled what the purpose of the cross is. The apostle Paul, the wisest of men, the most knowledgeable of men, the greatest of teachers, said, I came to preach the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. First Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15:1 through 4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, listen to this, which also ye received, and wherein ye stand. He said you're not standing on the ministry of Apostle Paul. You're not standing because of some denomination or group, but you are standing on the gospel. And then it says by which, by the gospel, also are ye saved. I want to remind you to this tonight. You're not saved by being a good person, You're not saved by cleaning up or improving your life. You are saved through the power of the gospel. And if you forget that, if you disconnect from that reality, you're going to find yourself struggling with guilt, shame, frustration, fear, and anxiety. But when you realize that I am saved by what Jesus did on the cross, and it's only the gospel that saves me, come on now, then you can be saved and you can stand. Amen. He says, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So this is why we got go to go back to the basics. Because he said, remember, the gospel that I preached to you, that's what you stand in. That's what's saving you if you remain. If you keep in memory what I have said to you, otherwise you believed in vain. So I just believe this is saying right now, That if you disconnect from the power of the gospel and the understanding of the gospel and your faith in the gospel, it doesn't matter what you believe five years ago or ten years ago. If you get disconnected from the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then the faith that you had five years ago was in vain. So I want to remind you and bring you back to the basics. You've got to stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ. you got to stand on the complete work of the cross and what Jesus... Jesus did at Calvary. Oh, somebody help me praise the Lord right now. I've come to lift up Jesus uh, because he paid it all. He did it all on the cross. And then it says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I have received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. And so this right here, uh, Bible teachers and scholars say this is the gospel in a nutshell. The apostle Paul says, here's the gospel. Jesus died. Amen. According to the scriptures. Jesus was buried. And thirdly, Jesus rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The message of Jesus Christ is that he died and he was buried and he rose again. This is the fundamental message. This is the good news. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says... In Jesus you trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. You can't receive the Holy Ghost until you believe the gospel. And when you've heard the gospel of Jesus, when you believe the gospel of Jesus, when you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's time for revival at Life Church. It's time for people to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. It's time to see lives transformed and people sealed with the seal of the promise of God, the baptism of the Spirit. Colossians 1.23, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Amen. You've got to continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and said, Do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. See, here's a problem sometimes in the church because the Bible teaches the principle of sanctification which is this that when you're born again God wants to use you powerfully so after you're born again then begins the process of sanctification where you're prepared and purified for great works but along the way some people get it twisted And begin to think or believe that through their works they are being saved. And they begin to put confidence in themselves. This is a problem. Because if you put confidence in yourself, you're putting your confidence in something that's pretty shaky. Amen. Is this all right? You're putting your confidence in something that's going to fail. I promise you, you're going to fail. Can I get an amen from somebody? You're going to make some stupid decisions. You're going, to, you're going to take a wrong direction. And you've got to stand with your hope in the gospel. That doesn't give us a license to sin or to live however that we want to. But it does mean that my hope is in what Jesus did, not what I'm doing. My confidence is in what Jesus did at the cross. And don't be shaken in your hope. Don't be shaken in your confidence. I know there's a lot of people concerned about the soon coming of the Lord. They see the signs of the times around them and they say, Jesus must be coming soon. I agree, but I'm excited because I'm looking forward to that day. I'm anticipating that day because my confidence is in what Jesus did on the cross. I want to tell you a little story here and move on. Um, my, uh, I, I shared this perhaps a few years ago, but my grandfather, uh, I w- had the opportunity to uh, visit with him in the nursing home just a few months before he passed, a couple different times. And uh, when I visited with my grandfather, he had received the Holy Ghost later in life. He was already, I think, in his 50s, late 50s, early 60s. When he received the Holy Ghost Even though his wife had been in church the whole time And he would attend church with her occasionally And the kids were raised in church And of course my dad received the Holy Ghost When he was a 10 year old boy But my my grandfather Obviously like the rest of us Had some regrets Because of some choices he'd made And some mistakes and some failures And some shortcomings And he didn't delineate those to me And I'm thankful he he didn't I don't want to know, I don't care But the thing that concerned me is my grandfather, who I saw receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I know he was baptized in Jesus' name, in the nursing home there, began to weep, and he was uh, smitten with fear. And he said, Rich, I don't know if I'm really saved because of you know the things that I did in my past, and I just still feel guilty about the things that I did and the mistakes that I made and the failures that I had. And uh, so I, I was listen, sitting there listening to my, my grandfather, and uh, my eyes filled up with tears. And I said, Grandpa, do you not get it? You're not saved by what you did. You're saved by what Jesus did. And, and you... You're supposed to have put your faith in him Not in yourself I'm telling you right now There's power when you get this Somebody's going to get this here in a moment uh, Because the devil's been pushing some of you around Making you deal with condemnation or fear or anxiety because of your shortcoming, because of your stumbling, because of your failures. Uh, amen. And the problem is, as you begin to look at yourself and try to improve yourself, you're moving away from the confidence uh, that you put in what Jesus did, uh, and you begin to then deal with guilt and fear and anxiety. And I want to tell you, I'm going to set you free from that tonight. Uh, when you are remi- reminded again that my hope of eternal life is in what Jesus Christ purchased for me when he hung on the cross and absorbed all of God's wrath. Oh, somebody hear me right now. Hallelujah. That's why we rejoice tonight. We don't rejoice because we're perfect. We don't rejoice because we feel better than somebody. We rejoice because we know that we're saved because of what Jesus did. We're going to heaven because of what Jesus did. We have hope of eternal life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody help me praise him right now. Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. So this is the basics. The basics. It all starts out with this. A daily understanding that we need Jesus. Not he's good to have with you but we absolutely can't be saved without him. We absolutely need Jesus. Now here's the the, the, The power of the gospel in order for the gospel to really impact the person's heart we said the gospel is the good news you got to know the bad news before the good news is helpful if if i told you uh that uh i had a a cure for a disease that you had but you didn't know that you had the disease the good news wouldn't be good news until you got the bad news you wouldn't be excited about the cure until you understood the full impact of the sickness. And this is the reality of the gospel. First of all, we have to understand that without Jesus, it doesn't matter what family you come from, what church you're a part of, how good you've tried to be in your life, whether you've never one time cheated on your taxes, whether you've always done the right thing or tried to do the right thing, it doesn't matter. The Bible says all of us have fallen short, and all of our efforts to do right and be right in the eyes of God is filthy like a minstrel rag. And so I want to tell you today that before you can really be saved, you have to understand that you have no hope of being saved without Jesus. You have to realize, just like amen, every person that's been saved realize how wretched and broken and needy that they are without Jesus. Oh, I wish I could get this through to somebody right now. The reason you struggle is not because you just need to meet the right person or get connected to the right situation or read the right book and you'll feel better. No, you're struggling because it's the human condition. It's called sin and it's taken every person on this planet to hell because of their disobedience and rebellion against God. We all have a fatal disease. It's sinfulness. You have it. I have it. I know it's, we like to uh, kind of uh, feel good about ourselves and kind of, um, you know, build ourselves up. And we're, we're living in a culture and a society now where. The worst thing you can do is damage somebody's self-esteem and the word of God is not designed to damage somebody's self-esteem but it's designed to awaken them to their need of God and the thing is we need Jesus but the gospel today has been perverted to where now it's like hey if you add Jesus to your life your life will be better He will prosper you. He'll bless you. You'll have health and happiness and peace in your life. While all of those things are scriptural principles, it misses the fundamental thing. You've got to start with the basics. I was sharing with Chris this week, there is an order of operations. If you don't understand that you need Jesus and that you're a sinner and that you're hopelessly lost and you start trying to add these things, you're going to come up with the wrong answer. First things first, in mathematics you've got to do what's in parentheses before you do what's out of parentheses if you want to get the right answer. And you've got to start with the basic premise that I need Jesus, that my only hope is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the bad news is we're all sinners and no amount of effort to reform yourself can fix that fact. Now, you may be resisting in your spirit right now, and I want to tell you what is the basis of pride? Some people see pride as haughtiness or arrogance, uh, feeling superior to other people, but the basis of pride is this I can take care of this, I can fix this situation. And as long as you stay in a mindset that says, I'll figure out a way to fix it. Uh, I'll figure out a way to clean up my life. Uh, I'll figure out a way to reform these problems or these issues in my life. You know what it is that's driving that train? It's pride. Amen? And God will resist that until you come to a place of brokenness uh, where you say, I realize now that I can't fix it. Uh, Because that effort through pride to fix it of yourself leaves you disappointed, feeling guilty, and unhappy. You know why? Because you have a human nature that's wild and untamable. It has to be born again. Your first nature cannot be reformed. Can I get an amen from somebody? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what will save this region. This is what will save your your life. This is what will save your family. Come on now. The Bible says the story of Abraham and his two sons is an allegory. He had a first son and a second son. The first one was named Ishmael. The second was named Isaac. The first was born to a bondwoman, a handmaiden, a slave. His name was Ishmael. The second was born from his wife, Sarah. But those of you that know the story understand that Sarah's birth was a super, or the birth of Isaac through Sarah was supernatural because it was impossible for her naturally to give birth. Everybody say miracle. The birth of Isaac was a miracle. The birth of Ishmael was a work of man's effort. And the Bible says the uh, Ishmael represents a human effort uh, to try to satisfy righteousness uh, by obeying principles and dictates and the law. And the Bible says that it will never work because Ishmael's a wild man and you'll never be able to tame him. I want to tell you right now, there's no amount of teaching, there's no amount of preaching, there's no amount of classes that you can go to to transform Ishmael. You may have a little bit of luck for a little while, but Ishmael's going to mess with you again because by nature, he's a wild man. But can I tell you, can I tell you that I believe today within Christianity, there's less emphasis on the gospel, less emphasis on conversion, less emphasis on repentance, less emphasis of dying out to the old man and there's more emphasis on trying to reform the old man. And so you'll go and you'll hear teaching and preaching. It's biblical, but it's out of order. You listen to me right now. What do I need to do to get better? What do I need to do to improve? What do I need to do to stop making the same mistakes, mistakes and to get over my anger and to, and to deal with my addictions? What do I need to do? That's step two you got to start with step one and that is that you cannot transform or reform Ishmael. You've got to have a miraculous second birth and when you have a miraculous second birth you are born with something that has the nature of God and the principle of God born into it. I want to tell you that the good news is that through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through the work of Jesus on the cross you can be born again. Somebody praise me praise the lord right now with me amen if you're an apostolic pentecostal and you believe in the power of the gospel and so ishmael in the old testament represents our human effort to get it right it's representative of religion you know what religion does religion tries to reform ishmael the only thing that can truly change you is for isaac to be born That's a supernatural new birth. It's the baptism of God's spirit. It's dying out to the old man because Jesus died and was buried and rose again to give us a pattern that we have to die out to our old nature by repenting of our sins and coming to an altar and say, Lord, I'm sorry. The man that I've been will never improve, will never become what you want him to be, so I'm laying it down. And Lord, I want to be buried. The Bible says that's what happened over there, that Darla was buried in the waters of Baptism with Jesus Christ uh, And you receive resurrection power The power of the Holy Spirit Oh somebody praise the Lord right now Amen and so Guess what it's all about At, at At the very core of it It's called faith Faith which means to believe To trust To take that leap put your confidence here's where faith is faith is when you pause and say okay i'm going to stop trying to fix this myself i'm going to stop trying to put the trust in myself and i'm putting all of my confidence in what jesus did at the cross because as we saw from the beginning in the text is our life in Jesus Christ, our hope and the power to transform the world is all in what Jesus did at the cross. You know, all of us, the Bible says, are sinners. We've all made mistakes, right? Can we agree that none of us have batted a thousand? I don't see no halos up in the house. We're imperfect people because we're people. We have a sinful nature. And it's in us. And as a result, we deserve God's judgment. But the good news is this. Are you listening to me right now? That God's judgment that was coming to us was intercepted and absorbed by Jesus Christ when He died on the cross with every stripe on His back, with the nails in His hands and His feet, with the shameful nature of death and the suffering at the cross. What was Jesus doing? He was the Lamb of God. (laughs) Just like the Old Testament sacrificial lambs that they would offer for atonement. What were they saying? They were saying I know I messed up this year. I know I fell short. I know I didn't measure up to all the dictates of of the covenant the commandments and the law. And so Lamb would you be willing to absorb all of my judgment it's going to cost you you're going to bleed you're not going to live to an old age you're going to die you're going to have your body parted and you're going to be set on a sacrifice and the lamb has no choice but the lamb of god had a choice when jesus said they don't take my life from me i'm laying my life down and I want to remind you today that when Jesus was carried to the, taken to the cross, carried his cross and was lifted up there and his hands and feet pinned to the cross and blood uh, gushing down him as he was stripped shamefully naked in front of the crowd, what was he doing? He was absorbing your shame. He was absorbing all of your judgment and mine. I, I, I'm telling you right now, it's all about the cross of Jesus Christ. And when I get this in my spirit, uh, all I can say is I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The rest of my life, uh, I want to live it to honor you, Lord God, because there's no thing I could do to sidestep the judgment that I was duly uh, going to suffer. There's no amount needs. I couldn't give enough money to this. I I couldn't be kind enough to these people. I couldn't transform myself. I couldn't live a perfect, clean, uh, exquisite life uh, to fix the failures of my life. Only what Jesus did on the cross. I want to tell you right now, I need Jesus uh, and you need Jesus. uh, And this is back to the basics. Uh, This is what the church is about. Uh, This is what you and I are here for. This is why we worship. Uh, This is why we celebrate. Uh, This is why we take this day on Sunday and make it a holy day and separate it unto the Lord and on the first day of the week we worship God we come into his presence we put everything else aside you know why because we're reminded I'm standing in the gospel and I don't want to forget that I'm standing on the cross I'm standing on what Jesus did if I ever forget and start trusting myself I'll get twisted I'll get messed up I'll get back into my sin I'll get back into my failures I'll fall back into slavery but if I stand on the gospel on Christ a solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand oh I wonder if somebody could stand to your feet right now with me hallelujah 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 amen I have a lot more I could say tonight but I'm going to draw, draw this to a close here One of the beautiful principles of life studies is the story of when God clothed Adam and Eve with skins he had to get those skins from an animal and the animal had to die we understand later as we look through scripture the principle of a substitutionary sacrifice was in effect that means Adam and Eve sinned and the Lord had said if you eat of the tree in the day you eat of it you'll die but they went to bed that night still alive but there was an animal that had to die and that sacrifice absorbed God's justice you you know how powerful the word of God is the word of God is so powerful that when God speaks things come into existence that weren't even there before Which means the same God when He spoke and said, If you eat of the tree, you will surely die. That word was going to come to pass. But as God's judgment was coming, it was intercepted when God allowed an animal to die in the place of Adam and Eve that day. So they could live. But they were then clothed in the skins of the animal that died the Bible says this in Galatians as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ that means you put him on like you put on a coat or clothing you've been clothed in Christ just like Adam and Eve were clothed in the skin of the sacrifice and today our hope is in the fact not that I'm perfect because Lord knows I'm not perfect can I get an amen sister Brown I said real loud amen neither are you but I'm not standing in my righteousness today hoo, hoo, hoo. but when I put my faith in Jesus he put his righteousness on me hallelujah the Bible says faith was accounted for righteousness when I put my faith in Jesus and when I obey the gospel of Jesus Christ somebody listen right now his righteousness is in my account let me make it more personal his righteousness is in your account so when God's justice looks at you oh somebody needs to rejoice today he doesn't see what you did last week what you did last summer, what you did last month. But he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ because I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the air. I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. I want us to praise the Lord right now. I want us just to worship him as they lead us through this song. And then we're going to respond to the word of the Lord here in just a moment. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, we're going to respond in faith to the word of the Lord. And if you're here today, and you need a miracle of healing in your body, the Bible teaches us that what happened on the cross, the atonement for our sins and for our salvation, also purchased healing for our physical bodies. And so in just a moment, as they begin to sing again, if you need a physical healing in your body, I want you to step forward right up to this front area and make sure you space from one another. But we're going to pray in Jesus' name for you. If there's some of you that are here that you've been dealing with guilt, frustration, uh, a sense of unworthiness, and uh, it's been messing with your self-esteem... I want you right now to take a step of faith, putting all of your confidence in Jesus again. Because the devil wants to move us away from the gospel so he can manipulate our emotions. But when we get back close to the gospel and our faith and confidence in Jesus Christ, the devil can't mess with us. So right now as they lead us in this song again, I want you to step forward. If you've never made that step of faith to put your confidence in Jesus to give your life to Him, to repent of your sins, and be water baptized in His name. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now, there's faith in this place, and God can restore and renew and refill. Amen? And, and uh, absorb all the wrath that you've been carrying, all of the condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, uh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus uh, have made them free from the law of sin and death. Uh, there's freedom in this place right now. There's release in this place right now. So as you step forward right now, I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray over you. Some of these believers with their masks are going to pray over you right now. And we're going to believe in Jesus' name that restoration and renewal is going to come to you right now. Come on, that's it. Just move in right now. Hallelujah.